0: Hey everybody, I'm Rob McMichael and along with Tim Whitaker and Jordan Renault, this is our podcast, Coffee, Theology, and Jesus. Our purpose for this podcast is to discuss this messy, difficult, and amazing thing we call the Christian faith. As Christians, we are encouraged and challenged constantly to see what the Bible teaches us about who Jesus was and how he lived and how we can better represent him in his message every day. Join us each episode as we explore how this relationship with Jesus affects everything from politics and religion to relationships and theology. Now that you know a little bit more about us, let's get into the episode for this week. So this is part two of a series on social media, so if you haven't already, please check out episode number 36 for the first half where we discuss the impact of social media on society as a whole and also on the individual. In this episode, we finish discussing the impact on the Christian individual and transition to the church as a whole and discuss some of the current trends that we are
1: seeing. So we're talking about the individual and the Christian individual in particular around social media and how we use it i was saying kind of one of my gripes is when people post those photos of them with the bible open and the balcony shot and the sun is rising and their eggs that are organic and cage-free with their cup of coffee and you know the hashtag is just about how great god is and again i don't want to like belittle those people i just think it's just so annoying <laughs> and so just look at what I'm doing but I do think that that social media has really caused this sense of um, this morality thing where we talk a lot about how well I, because I shared the right thing or I posted the right thing I'm now a good Christian and it can be very easy to feel like we're good Christians because we are saying the right things on social media but what really matters is how we're acting in real life, how the fruits of the spirit affects us in our day to day. I think that's a really important point to make because we can very easily live a life feeling like we're good people because of what we tell people or we, you know, on Facebook or on Instagram while missing the whole point of the gospel by, by not loving our actual neighbor in real life who lives next to us our whole life. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think what you're, what you're getting at is kind of the, distinction that we see in social activism too, where people are changing their profile picture or um, updating their status and saying, oh, thoughts and prayers are with whatever the, the insert uh, popular news topic here, and thinking that's okay and that's all they have to do and they've fulfilled their societal obligation. I think we have the same phenomenon happening in Christendom where it's social Christianity, where as long as you see this sad story and a picture posted and there's one like for prayer and a comment for Jesus to heal, then you've done your part and that's your, your good Christianity lived out on Facebook. But while you're on your way to work and you have road rage and flip off sex people, that's fine. Which I you never do, covered. by
1: the way. I never do that, <laughs> ever. I never beep the horn. I'm patient and kind on the road. <laughs> but
2: as, long as, you're, <laughs> as long as you're liking all the right statuses, Tim, you're covered. And that's kind of the mindset that, I mean, I've even found myself get into yeah. of, hey, I've liked this. And I really appreciated what this person said. And now I'm good for the rest of the day. Where... It's really much more like, like we've said that, that social media is the facade. How are we when that social media is gone? How am I at work when nobody else is posting and we're, we're in a daily grind of frustrating meetings and hitting quotas and that car just cut me off or somebody was rude to me in the store? How am I then? And that's what we're kind of losing sight of in this social impact.
1: Right. I mean, that's when it matters. I don't think we're going to get to heaven and God's going to pull up how many things we like that were good. I think he's going to talk a lot about the neighbors that we love, the poor that we took care of, how we love the church, how we loved each other, and how we, we were witnesses for the kingdom in real life. And I, what's happening in our culture is that the digital world and the real world are becoming increasingly blurred um, which, you know, listen, in a lot of ways, these, these can be very good things, and the church can use it to its advantage, and, and Christians can use it to, to their advantage as well. But we have to still keep in mind of what, what the gospel is about, which ultimately is about two things, loving God and loving people. And it doesn't talk about loving, you know, loving technology or loving, uh, you know, an alternate reality situation. It's important that we realize that the gospel commands us to live in reality and to love our neighbor and to love our enemy very tough things that are not easy to do but that's what the gospel is it's not about what you like or don't like on social media wow did i silence you both yeah speechless i'm wow i'm i'm blown away (laughs) i'm shocking myself
3: In our defense, that's not terribly hard to do. Is uh, <laughs> to silence us. well,
1: I I do want to move on now. So we talked about this. Well, we we kind of skimmed – We didn't really talk. We we more skimmed these topics of the social, you know, culture kind of feel the big picture, the individual, the Christian individual. How about the church though? Because I've noticed recently in the past couple of years, the capital church has really been using Facebook and Instagram in humongous ways. I mean, a big one is live stream. A lot of churches now live stream their service to Facebook or Instagram. Uh, a lot of churches will share things. They'll share stories of people with baptisms. They'll share testimonial videos. They'll share um, um, highlight clips from their service. What do you guys think about, about about the church using social media? Do you guys think that it's, it's a good thing? Do you think that it could go either way? Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it.
3: I think I'm kind of in that uh, it could go either way camp at the moment. I don't know if you feel differently and you're going to try and convince me differently, Tim, but (laughs) I, I feel like social media for a church can be a tool that can be used, uh, correctly and effectively in certain areas within the church. Um, you know, And then on the other side of that, I think it's definitely, as in life, uh, something that can become too much of a focus or uh, something that we put too much of an importance on. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of in that. It I, could be either.
1: Yeah, I thought about it a lot. I really think in a lot of ways social media could be it, and is a great thing for the church. They can share People's stories of redemption. They can share their service to millions of people instantly with, with the click of a button, which I think is awesome. Which means the gospel gets preached in most cases anyway. Um, I think it's it's just it, it can be great, especially when I see a lot of churches post um, or will you know share a very small quote uh, with like a picture on Instagram and send a have have their link in their bio that will go back to that church to see the, the whole service. So I think really the church has been using that to their advantage. I think that my, one of the concerns we should watch out for though, is how we're presenting the church on social media. Because what I see a lot of is a very seeker friendly based, you know, Oh, find God's purpose for your life kind of mentality. And you know, those kinds of, of things for me are difficult because it's not that they're not true. They're just not the complete truth. It's not really about, for me, listen, does does God give you purpose in your life? Of course. That's one of the beautiful things about the gospel is that it gives you significance and, and a goal, and it gives you things to do, which I think are great. But the focus is never about you and your dreams. It's always about the gospel. And it can be tricky when I think a lot of churches are in this very big promotion phase of promote our stuff, promote what we're doing, promote our Easter egg hunt, promote this, promote that. Where, and you can end up very easily, unintentionally promoting your own kingdom instead of the kingdom of God as a whole. Does yeah. that make
3: sense? Right. As you were talking, I was thinking almost that same thing is that I feel like that line is between whether you're promoting Jesus or whether you're promoting your church. Um, you know, the or. Whether you're promoting the gospel or you're promoting some event that you're doing, and obviously there's practical aspects of that of you know getting the word out about things that are happening, but it's like what you were saying, come here and find your purpose. You know, is it come here and find your purpose in Jesus and in the gospel, or is it come here and find your purpose in this group of people and the program that we put on on Sundays and the music that we do? Right. Well,
1: know? well, that's what's so difficult is is I don't always know how you balance promoting what your local church is doing versus the kingdom because a lot of times, a lot of times it feels like, it feels like a lot of churches promote like their corporation or their company. Like, hey, this is our company. This is our, you know, thing. This is why ours is the best version of this thing. And I don't think it's intentional, but there's always that kind of hint for me. I always think about that of like, are, they, are we promoting the kingdom, or are we promoting our local church to say that it's better than other churches? That's where I kind of get stuck on sometimes.
2: And and then to to bring up another issue that I've been thinking about in terms of churches' use of social media is they've been they've been getting into the the pattern of hey, let's post all of our sermons online. Let's make sure we're live streaming. Let's make sure they can access it wherever they are and we can reach more people. And I I think it it stems out of, like we've talked about before, kind of this church mentality where I come to church, I listen to a guy speak for an hour, I get fed spiritually, and then I go home and I'm good for the rest of the, the week. Right. And then next Sunday I do the same thing. And because that mentality is in our is in our minds, we then get used to that and think, okay, well, then what do I have to actually go to my local church for? I can just listen to the messages online. I can just get all the all that what I need from listening to Christian radio, reading a couple books, reading my Bible and listening to the sermon online. And I never have to meet with other believers but what we're missing out on is the purpose of the local church. The purpose of the local church is, you know, Hebrews, don't don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. And what is the purpose of that? One, corporate worship of God is number one priority. Um, to glorify him, to, to be involved in outreach missions together, to study the Bible together, to pray together. We're missing out. Just so focused on let's get the message out there to as many people when really what we need to be doing is yeah that's great the gospel goes forth but what about those that are believers that need more than just the gospel that's what the local church was really set up to do and now we're missing out on that because of social media because of how Things to progress digitally.
1: Yeah, I do think a lot about. There's a church I think that is only online, and I forgot the name of it. But their big thing was the big question I people were asking was, "Can you be part of a church that that is only online?" And I think the answer is, you could be a part of a really superficial, you know, surface level no commitment, I guess, church online, but that's not like the full picture of what the church is. The church includes other people and in living with them and, and knowing who they are and it's messy and it's not always easy. And, you know, so I, I agree with you, Rob, because it could be, you can almost become like, oh, well, I don't need to go to a, a gathering. I can just watch it online because the main part of it's the sermon, and this sermon, of course, is good and it, it's meant to edify the body. And it's a huge part of what we do on Sunday mornings. But it's not the only thing. And when you miss out on that human interaction, you really, you really starve yourself of the necessary food that your your your, your mind and body and soul need with other people in your life.
2: Yeah, I mean, so there's there's definitely, like we said, there there's great points to social media, and social media can can be an avenue for the gospel. Even individually, it can it can be an encouragement. I've I scrolled through Facebook and seen somebody post just personal thoughts. I mean, they didn't have the perfect picture and all of that, but it just thought, then hey, it did not count.
1: If the picture wasn't perfect, it doesn't count. It's not professional.
2: But, I mean, you can use it for that and encourage people and just relay what's on your heart. But there definitely is that fine line of, okay, am I doing this to share what I've learned or am I doing this to get people to look at me? Right, And that's where the focus is. Is my, is my focus to have other people look at the Lord or is my focus to have people look at me? And I think that same mentality applies to the church as well is is the reason of our social um, programs and and outreaches and advertisements is it so that people will look at our church or is it that people will look at the lord
1: well that's the hard part is you never really can know i think 100% i think if you you could definitely assume positive and 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 believe what you're saying but it's just hard to know because the point of social media is to promote your voice So whatever it is that you're promoting is going to be about, you know, it's going to be about you ultimately. I don't think it's intentional. I just think that's just kind of the nature of social media and of Instagram. The thing is, is that we are so ingrained in this professional social media culture that it's almost like whoever has the best, whatever church has the best Instagram or Facebook or social media campaign wins in a lot of ways. And I don't know if that's just the best approach to the church culture.
2: And maybe a question for the consumer, quote-unquote, in this scenario, is are we as diligent as we should be about finding a local church and going after the pattern of Scripture and getting fed scripturally correct teachings and doctrines and connections or are we just like, Hey, that's, this is what came up in my Facebook feed. I'll kind of go with it. Yeah. And so, so it's taken, it's taken its toll, but I I think it's just because people have become isolated and unconnected and disconnected just by the course of the American church and how it's, how it's progressed over the years.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I One of the best things I think about uh, the social media platform for the church is that it does cast a much wider net. I think people that maybe have never stepped foot inside a church building have more of an opportunity uh, opportunity to hear the gospel, which I think is great. And it also allows the church to maybe kind of make up for some of the wrongs that, that, that we've done. You know, I, I think the church is known for a lot of negative things and being able to be Involved in our culture, involved in social media can help change some of that perspective, which I think is awesome. Um, one thing I, I, I did notice, though, I, I wanted your thoughts on it, uh, Jordan and Rob, is I noticed that a lot of churches during Easter posted how many people came out to their service and how many salvations uh, were like, you know, happened uh, during the service. And it almost kind of came across like, oh, like, I didn't know that we, that we were competing for whoever had the most people at their service wins. <laughs> but I noticed it definitely was a thing. I, Jordan, I don't know if you noticed that on your social media at all. Like, I don't know if that was like a thing that, you know, in Seattle churches were doing, but it was definitely a thing on the on the
3: East Coast. We don't have churches here. We only have... Uh non-denominational vegan gatherings wow uh, that's amazing no i'm just kidding (laughs) that sounds so organic Um, (laughs) yeah no i uh i didn't notice it a whole lot what you're this specific easter but i know what you're talking about um and i think there's i don't think it's all bad i think there's definitely a kind of like a a a attitude of, you know, Hey, let's, this is awesome. Let's celebrate this thing that happened. Um, and I think that's good. Um, but, and this is kind of, you know, getting into a whole other discussion. So maybe this could be topic for next time, but, um, it's kind of like, how, how do you know (laughs) you like, you know, who are you to, uh, to make that claim that this many people, you know, are now on the other side of that. (laughs) well (laughs) it's
1: funny you mentioned that because that's the first thing i thought of as well is how do you measure that and how i'm assuming they measured it was and i'm I'm, i i am assuming for the record but most likely if if i was a betting man so to speak my bet (laughs) and i do bet um so if i'm gonna throw 10 bucks down on this what i think they go off of is at the end of this sermon they ask people to bow their heads and close their eyes, and they have them re- re- repeat a prayer, and they say, if you pray that prayer for the first time or something to that effect, that means that you're now a Christian, so raise your hand, and then whoever does that, they count as a salvation. Now, and you're right, Jordan, this is a whole different can of worms, but you know, I'm not saying that those people are not saved, but what I am saying is that the fruit of their life will tell, if that if that prayer really was a a commitment to them in their life and i don't i think it's and maybe this is a little extreme but i think it's a little reckless to start posting these these pictures of how many quote unquote salvations you had when there really is no way to fully know that until you see that person really involved in the life of the church and there's fruit and there's a desire to want to know God. I mean, there, there's, there's definitely evidence that we can look at for when a person makes a genuine conversion versus when someone prays a prayer for fire insurance or thinks that's fire insurance and then goes along their merry life thinking, great, I'm a Christian now.
2: Right, yeah. and we even we saw that in the New Testament, like right when they were starting to preach the gospel, even the Ethiopian eunuch, You could say, okay, he gets saved, and then he immediately sees water and is like, well, can I get baptized? Why is he already asking about baptism? Well, back then, because it was such a dangerous thing to proclaim to be a Christian, I think baptism was was almost— preached in line with the gospel to say, if you're serious about the gospel and you've made a commitment to Christ and you're going to follow him and you have trusted him as your savior, then the next step is baptism. Identify yourself with Christ. And it really drew that line in the sand, as it were, for for true believers. True believers would say, yeah, I'm ready to give up my life for him because he gave it for me. And so they would go into baptism. Now, it's commonplace. Are you Christian? Check this box. Good. You're within 70% of the United States. Like it's a nominal thing. It, it, so now we, we have to be a little more conscientious of fruit bearing and, and not, I don't want to say we want to judge people's salvation. That's not, we're not the salvation police. That's a, b- a we deal between be. them and God.
1: We could be the salvation
2: police. Right. <laughs> I, I think fun. maybe we should st- We should start a detective agency.
1: Yeah, be like, show me your salvation. Where's your card? Where's your salvation card? You lost it. Where are are your gospel cards? By your works. Quick, what's the? What are the books of the Bible in order? Go, go, go. There are so many things. Right. We can can quiz about 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 VeggieTales. What is the fourth (laughs) movie to come out (laughs) in VeggieTales? That includes Larry the Cucumber and Bob the Tomato. You don't know it, you're not in. Boom. Anyway, you as you were, that? Rob, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got distracted.
2: But we, we, as local churches and those that are encouraging and building up, and our call is to what? Preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. So part of making disciples is you have to distinguish Who is the Lord's and who isn't? Because you can't make a disciple of someone who isn't saved, who isn't a Christian. Right. And so part of that is getting to know people on that level and encouraging them, them seeing their fruit, seeing their gift, and encouraging that gift as well. That's all part of discipleship. And so while we're not the Christian police, we should be the discipleship groups that are kind of for— Um, encouraging these believers along.
3: Yeah, Yeah. no, that makes complete sense. Um, I was going to say there, you know, back to what you were saying to him about how do you quantify that and how do you get those numbers kind of thing? Um, I'm sure a lot of churches do, you know, raise your hand and, and that's, you count the hands and that's the number that we're going to post on our Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there are definitely churches out there that, you know, pursue that differently and, you know, don't shy away from that, you know, whole idea of an altar call just because you can't know for sure whether or not someone, it was completely genuine in that moment. Right. Um, I think it's important to, you know, I think there there is a benefit to that altar call, so to speak, in in that, you know calling people to Jesus beyond, you know, it's a call to action, basically, you know, when, when you've, you've heard a sermon and you've heard the gospel preached and now what, you know, you're being called to, uh, basically to reconcile your life with that, uh, information that you've just gotten. Um, and I think there is value in that. And I think a lot of churches recognize that and they can, they go beyond that, you know, just raise your hand kind of idea into, you know, we're going to talk to these people individually, um, you know, because we have people that can do that, you know, there's volunteers that are going to go and talk to all those people. Um, and then even beyond that into like the life stuff of just, you know, all right, so these people are going to get plugged in to discipleship groups and things like that. And I think what separates, you know, the, the churches that just, um, count the count the heads or count the hands, I guess, and uh, call it done from the churches that really are about disciple-making is that whole fulfillment of the Great Commission is, you know, Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples. He didn't say, go into the world and make converts or uh, go into the world and have people pray this prayer. Um, you know, it was about disciple-making, which is a process. It's a long ongoing process that, you know, to really say, all right, this person, you know, really is in a relationship with Jesus and is pursuing that. And they're, you know, on this discipleship path, um, they're following Jesus and not, you know, not the account on Instagram, that's called Jesus, but you know, the real guy, um, (laughs) Uh, yeah it's it's more it is it is beyond that for sure and I think there's there's definitely a variety in uh, churches and as far as what they you know what their process is and what they uh, how they do things with that
0: Here come your ravens